Welcome everyone, I'm Dr. Chalam, your host for this online show, Resolving Diabetes Naturally. Today I have probably one of the best interviews because this is coming from somebody like you who is trying to figure things on your own. So Mark Ramirez is a former University of Michigan football player. He's also a TEDx presenter. And you, if you've been watching health documentaries, particularly pertaining to resolving cardiovascular or diabetes or even the plant-based approach to various chronic diseases, you probably have seen Mark in one of those documentaries. He reversed not only his type 2 diabetes, but psoriasis, hypertension, erectile dysfunction, high cholesterol, obesity, and frequent heartburn by shifting his diet becoming completely plant-based. And he did this about eight years ago and is still medication-free. And he so much, he, he received so much of benefit from this way of living that he and his wife, Kim, have created this nonprofit uh, called Chickpea and Bean, which I really love the name, Chickpea and Bean, Bean Inc. And they actually help other people who want to initiate this journey towards wellness. So welcome, Mark. I'm so excited to have you because I think people are going to relate to your journey the most among most of the um, experts on the summit. So thank you for doing this. Yeah, thank you for having me, Dr. Chellum. I'm really excited to be here and just looking to share any and everything that uh, might help some of your viewers in this wonderful summit on how many people are actually reversing type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes naturally. Absolutely. So let's begin with your own journey. And I think many people familiar with you will understand it, but somebody who's never heard you, where would you say your health journey began? At what age? And why, why was there even a shift in your thought process? How, do you get to, how did you get to where you are now? Yeah, so ever since fifth grade, um, so I was about 10 or 11 years old, I had the I played football. I loved football and sports, right? Probably like most, uh, you know, younger uh, children as they're, you know, growing, uh, growing up and they become involved with sports. So fifth grade, I started playing football and I played it all the way through college. So from a health perspective and from, you know, trying to be fit and active and big and strong, I mean, that's where it started at, in, in fifth grade when I started playing football. And then as the years progressed, of course, you know, you hear a lot about how you need a lot of protein, eat a bunch of steak, eat a bunch of chicken to get a lot of protein yep. to get big and strong, Mark. And so that was drilled into me all the way through college. Uh, you know, it was being big and strong. I was an offensive lineman at the University of Michigan and most of my, pretty much all of my football career ever since I started. So I was typically on the bigger side. Uh, when I was at Michigan, I played three, I weighed 305 pounds. So I was a big guy, right, uh, right guard. And again, it was, it was always instilled in me that you need a lot of protein, you need a lot of meat to be big and strong. And I was, I mean, I was big and strong at 305 pounds. So, you know, at a young age, it was, hey, we, we, need, we need protein, we need to get this in your body to be big and strong. So during this whole process of me, you know, going throughout high school and going through college, I, I, there was another thing happening in the background, and that was I come from a big Mexican family. And there were eight brothers and sisters and my mother. My dad, you know, he left when I was seven, six or seven years old. So it was really my mom with eight children. And ever since I have memories of my, my awesome, beautiful mom, she was 
taking medications for diabetes. And as it turns out, Dr. Chellum, all of my brothers and sisters, all well, seven of the eight anyway, uh, struggled with diabetes. So, you know, you, you grow up, I'm seeing my family, you know, I'm going through high school, going through college, and I'm seeing my family at home, everyone's starting to get diabetes and fight diabetes, my older brothers and sisters, my mother still continues to continue to battle with that for many, many years. And so on one hand, I'm, I'm exercising, I'm eating all these animal products and a lot of junk and processed foods. And as time goes on, uh, I end up developing type 2 diabetes. I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't shocked. So, you know, initially it was, hey, get all the protein, get big and strong, football, let's go, right? And then it turned out to be, you know, well, hey, now I'm seeing my whole family struggling with diabetes. I'm seeing blindness, amputations, heart attacks, uh, you know, transplants, just, just, in, it, the health was just uh, terrible with, uh, you know, throughout my entire family. And so I'm looking at this and I'm seeing this as this is going to be part of my future too, right? When, you know, as I'm growing up, you hear that it's in your genes, it's genetic, yep. there's nothing you can do about this, right? So that's what I was, that's what I read. That's what I was being told. That's what I was led to believe. So of course, uh, after we graduated uh, college, 12 years after I graduated, I was diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. I was not surprised. I was not shocked. I was actually expecting it because my entire family had been struggling with this terrible disease for decades. And uh, it actually ended up taking my mother's life after 33 years of battling diabetes, you know, a kidney transplant and blindness and, uh, you know, just two heart attacks, dialysis. I mean, you name it. And, you know, she struggled for the last probably 10 to 15 years of her life, very poor health. And at 61 years old, she needed to go into the hospital because she had two blockages in, around her heart in her, coronary, to, to, in her coronary arteries. So she went into the hospital and unfortunately never made it out of the hospital. She, she passed at the very young age of 61 years old after battling diabetes for more than half of her life. So, wow. so in, uh, you, know, you look at 12 years after, uh, after I graduated college, I'm diagnosed that same year, 2002, that's the same year that my mother passed. I'm diagnosed with diabetes. My oldest brother, David, passed away two months after my mother with a nine-month bout of pancreatic cancer. Okay. He was also diabetic for a decade and high blood pressure and high cholesterol. I mean, these are other chronic diseases attached to so many of my family members um, that, again, I just, it's genetic. It's my genes, and there's nothing I can do about this. So uh, 2002, I'm diagnosed. You fast forward 10 years, Dr. Chellum, in that decade of being diabetic, um, type 2 diabetic, I also develop high blood pressure, high cholesterol, erectile dysfunction, psoriasis, frequent heartburn, I'm obese, and I'm taking five different medications, insulin shots, and four oral medications for these conditions. So every year I just continue to get a little worse, a little worse. And, and uh, I see myself and my family headed down the same trajectory as I've seen my family go through with amputations, blindness, you know, heart attacks, and just all this devastation around health. So we knew we needed to make a change. And what's interesting is when I look back at that decade of being sick, I did try to count carbs. I tried to count calories. I tried to portion control and exercise more and eat less tried all those tactics and some of them may have worked, you know, for a little bit. I lost a little bit of weight. I would feel better. 
but it wasn't sustainable for me. And my blood glucose levels, every time I go to the doctor, they were all over the place. I never knew where they were going to land. So it was just a, a shot in the dark, right? Uh, and it wasn't until my wife and I really understood what caused type 2 diabetes, pre-diabetes, and, and insulin resistance mostly. Uh, and we learned that through Dr. Neil Barnard in his book, Dr. Neil Barnard's Program for Reversing Diabetes. So we read that book. We saw the documentary Forks Over Knives. Yep. And my wife and I started on this trajectory of a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And it was just amazing to see that in a matter of months, two months to be exact, I'm taking these five medications. My wife and I, we adopt a whole food plant-based lifestyle. And in two months, I'm off all the medications. In three months, I shed 50 pounds of adopting this lifestyle. And here we are almost eight and a half years later, and I'm still medication-free. I'm 52 years old, and I believe that I'm in the best shape of my life, just how I feel. So it is amazing if people can wrap their arms around this idea that food is what's killing us, but it can also be what saves us. Um, that's, what, that's what we try to preach and tell any and everyone who's willing to try and make some changes to improve their health. Absolutely. So uh, let's go back to that time when um, you were going to your doctors, correct? And they were adjusting your medications. What made you look for a different solution? So I remember very vividly, n number one, my mother had, and, and uh, my little brother was starting to accumulate all these medications. I mean, they would have a cupboard full of, you know, 10, 12, 15 medications that they're taking every day. And I was on that same path. So I started with metformin, you know, when I'm first diagnosed. Yep. And then my glucose levels, we, we go as diabetics every three months to the doctor. And it's, again, it's always a shot in the dark. I never knew what it was going to be, high, low. You know, you'd hear the doctor tell you, well, try to exercise more, try to eat better. Well, what does that really mean, right? Exercise more and eat better. Okay, that's great. You're telling me that. Uh, in here, try these medications and let's see how your glucose, you know, your blood, your blood glucose levels do, and we'll see how, how it works out. But over time, I mean, I, they just the dosages just kept going up, more medications being added. My glucose levels are still all over the place and really um, just worsening as time went on. And so, and, and I remember very vividly, Dr. Chellum, that my, my doctor, when I, when I first started taking insulin, I was really upset because, again, I'm seeing myself headed down the same trajectory as my mother and mo many of my other brothers and sisters, and I know what it leads to. It leads to just more medications, more procedures, poor health, and, uh, and I, I remember when he gave me the insulin, I just said, well, what, can I ever get off this insulin? And he goes, no, you're, you're going to be on insulin the rest of your life. Yeah. And it really upset me. It, it really, really upset me, but I knew I needed to make a change because I have two children. I have a beautiful wife that I want to share, you know, great times. I want to see my grandchildren and God willing, my great grandchildren, right? right. And I, want, I don't want to see them from a nursing home. I don't want to see them, you know, they have to come see me in a nursing home because I'm stroked out or had a heart attack and I'm in poor health. And that's one of the things too, when I look back, when we used to go to Chicago, because I live in the Detroit area mm -hmm. and my, my family all reside in the Chicagoland area. So, when I would go home to see my mother, see my brothers and sisters, et cetera, my family, many times, oftentimes, we'd say, hey, mom, let's go downtown Chicago. Let's go walk. It's a beautiful day. And she's like, you know, I'm not feeling that good. You guys go, and 
I'll go ahead and meet you here. You know, I'll be here when you guys get back. But it was this poor health and all the diabetes and blood pressure and cholesterol and all the medical conditions that were keeping her from enjoying my grandchildren, from enjoying time with us. And so I saw myself headed down the same path thinking, I don't want to end there, man. And, and I, I'm happy to tell you that just a few days ago, on the 29th of April, we had our first grandchild. So my, my, oh my daughter... God. Congratulations. Yeah. Oh, that is so awesome. Yeah. Wow. So At 52, you have like so many years. You get to see your great grandkids. I, we are so excited. We're beyond excited. Uh, and, and so he's healthy. Mama's healthy. Family's doing good. It's just been a few days that they've been home now. But, but this is why. This is what's important. You know, some people right. are like, well, I grew up and I'm, you know, I'm of this heritage and, and I'm, you know, obviously being Mexican, we grew up with fajitas and enchiladas and tacos and all of this food full of meat, full of cheese, full of grease, fried, you know, the, the eggs, the, I mean, just tons of food that is just so terrible for you. Um, you know, when you look at the, the, the components of what's included, there's just so much fat. And, and so, I, I'm just, I'm very fortunate and very blessed and very lucky to have found this. And now that, that's why, like you, my wife and I are passionate about sharing this information to let people know that there's so much that you control. You can do way more than you think. If you would have told me eight and a half years ago, hey, Mark, you're never going to eat animal products again. You're never going to eat cheese and meat. And I would have said, you're nuts. There's no way. <laughs> Because yeah. my yeah. whole life, I'm surrounded by these foods, right? Yeah. But when I look back at these last eight and a half years, I look at how good I feel. I look at the fact that I'm medication-free, that I'm, I'm, I have tons of energy. We're vibrant. My family is thriving. There is nothing that – no burger, no steak will ever taste as good as, as I feel right now um, from a health perspective. So it's, uh, it's been a fantastic journey. So when you started, you know, when going back to those years, because I, you know, one of the bigger challenges I think most people face is, can I do this? You know, how do I get to do this? This is overwhelming for you to shift from um, being a typical, whether it be your heritage, whether it be the profession or the, your love for sports, whatever it may be that got you to eat a different way. And then shifting to just by reading a book, was there a journey there or was it something like, were you so desperate for change that, you know, I just can't get there? Was there fear? Was there, uh, was there uh, you know, the pain of staying the same was more than the pain of having to change? What, were, what would you say was your tipping point? Was it the insulin or was it just, um, you know, accumulation of years of I don't like how I feel today. So there was one, there's a few different things that happened. One is um, in that decade of being sick, I had tried multiple things as you hear many people do, right? They go on yeah. these diets, a keto, they try all these different tactics to lose weight, to feel better. And what they, what many of them will find is, yeah, they might feel better. They look in the mirror and they, they're like, wow, hey, I lost 10 pounds, 15 pounds. And that's great. But what's happening inside, right, with this diet or lifestyle, whatever you're doing. Um, and I also knew as, as I'm looking at, you know, that, that decade of being sick, I had tried all these tactics, counting carbs, counting calories. And while some of them, you know, again, maybe they helped a little bit and I was feeling a little better, they just weren't sustainable for me. So in that decade of being sick, tr almost trying everything that was out there, uh, 
Dr. Chalam, I, I said, well, we saw this documentary. My in-laws gave it to us. They gave it to us, and it sat on the shelf for about three, four months. We didn't see it. Okay. And they knew that I was struggling from a, from a chronic illness perspective, so they bought it for us. He gave us the Forks Over Knives documentary, sat on the shelf for a few months. But what really triggered me in 2011 was that summer, July of 2011 to be exact, was my little brother had his right leg amputated. Mm. And in September, just a, a few months later, I had received my worst A1C of all time at 10 and a half. So my wow. A1C was 10 and a half. My brother- This was on I, insulin? Yeah, we, we, so I was taking in, uh, insulin at that time, yes. Wow. So I'm taking Lantus insulin shots. My brother just has his amputation. I have an A1C of 10. And I'm looking at all of this combined going, I was just, my wife and I, one day, I, I was just feeling depressed. And she said, well, hey, let's look at this movie. Let's look at this documentary my parents gave us, you know, a few months back. So we put it in. And as I'm looking at it, I'm like, well, this is one thing I've never tried. I've not tried to do this. I've tried everything else. And I figured seeing all these results from Dr. Esselstyn and Dr. Campbell and, and these people with America's number one killer, heart disease, being at a minimum stopped or dramatically improved, if not reversed. And I'm sitting here going, wow. So, you know, you hear Dr. You, that's where you see all the greats come out, right? Dr. Dr. Campbell, Dr. Yep. Esselstyn. Dr. Barnard, Dr. McDougal, right? They're all there, uh, you know, just awesome doctors. The, I call them the godfathers of this plant-based movement, right? Yeah. And, and so I said, well, look at all these doctors. Look at what they're saying. I have not tried this. And I just looked at my wife and I said, well, let's try this. We've tried everything else, right? So my brother's amputation that summer, my worst A1C, myself seeing my family head down this path of devastation from a health perspective, and I just said, you know, I got to try something different. And what was amazing was when we did, we, we adopted this lifestyle on December 3rd of 2011. And within days, I start to see my glucose levels plummeting. I'm starting to see my energy levels come up. Yeah. And that I'm losing five to seven pounds a week because I was a terrible eater. I mean, I was fast food junkie number one, right? I'm going to fast foods once, maybe twice a day, eating all the wrong foods. And then I sit here, you know, of course, I would always order a Diet Coke because I want to be healthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so I get the, you know, the McDonald's Everything big breakfast. Fry. Yeah, I get the worst meal out yeah. there. And then I would get a Diet Coke because I want to be, of course, I want to be healthy. But the bottom line is, it, it is the food. I know Dr. McDougal has this quote that it's the food. And if you start there and then implementing some simple lifestyle changes, you're, this amazing machine knows what to do. You just need to give it a chance and stop all this inundation of all these terrible foods that really aren't helpful to the human machine. Yeah. So for you to have looked at that, and so you started seeing results very fast. What made it sustainable? Did you have to shift how you guys cooked, where you bought food? Um, what, I, I guess, the biggest challenge when people shift is, and this is something I've learned in my practice, most people don't cook their food. Um, and I find, I think that is step number one toward good health is knowing how to prepare your medicine, which is really food. And when you don't, uh, when you struggle to do that, 
And it's not even the recipe. It's like knowing the techniques of how to put it together to make it palatable. Um, because what do people do if you tell them plant-based? They are blanching a few carrots and lettuce, uh, cucumber, um, and this, it's the same tomato, and then they get bored. So for you, what was the transition? How did you get to move in this direction, make it sustainable? What are the steps so that people don't get overwhelmed? So I'm very, very lucky to have what a couple of my friends have called the Kim factor, which is my wife, yeah. <laughs> chickpea and bean. And basically the, the name, by the way, chickpea and bean. So when we changed this lifestyle, when we changed our health and dramatically improved it, reversed all that chronic illness and disease, it was the food, right? So that's why I'm Mexican. I'm bean. My wife is a chick. She's chickpea. And that's how chickpea and bean was formed. Uh, but but it is the food. and and. Again, Kim does the majority of the cooking. I help and do some things here and there. And of course, I make my, pretty much my breakfast I make on my own. She'll do lunch and dinner and I pitch in and help out. But she is the master and the one that does most of that. But what I would tell people is we base our, the foods we eat are based around four main food groups. And that is all the fruits, all the vegetables, all the legumes, and all the grains in any combination you can think of. And what we try to do is we try to make sure that we are not frying them in oil, cooking them in oil, right? So we, we can try things like we'll bake it, bake the foods, like baked potatoes. We will steam food, like the fruit, uh, some of the vegetables, broccoli and, and greens, et cetera, steam those. We'll even cook, my wife will cook with some water and or veggie broth instead of oil. So that uh, we use the Instant Pot probably once to twice a day. That's a pressure cooker that is very, very safe and can cut down cooking times, especially on legumes to, to minutes as opposed to hours. Yeah. So there is a multitude of ways that we cook the food, but it does boil down to, you know, what I learned from Dr. Barnard in his book is number one, we don't want to eat animal products because of all of the, uh, all of the negative components wrapped around animal foods. Number one, obviously you got saturated fat, you yeah. have cholesterol, you have casein, which is an animal protein linked to many, to, you know, growing cancer. You have heterocyclic amines. You have heme iron. You have TMAO, IGF-1. <laughs> the list goes on and on, which I know you know. Um, so that's, that's why we want to remove the animal products. And then we want to keep it low in fat. We don't want to be pouring all kinds of these dressings that are extremely high in fat all over our salads and all over our foods and cooking with them. So you want to keep the, the that's rule number two, keeping it fat. And then third, if possible, you want to try and keep the foods to a, you know, eat foods that are lower glycemic. Those were the three rules I learned from Dr. Barnard's book and what we started with and what we still do today. Uh, but the bottom line is, and you know, again, I, I'm lucky and very fortunate that I have my wife, Kim, that helps a ton in the kitchen. But if you are single or if you're, you know, you, you don't have maybe a significant other right now, there's a lot of things you can do to, um, to help prepare these foods. There, we have recipes on our website. There's other uh, re websites out there like Forks Over Knives. And I know you, know you have some great information out there too, Dr. Chellum. But the bottom line is we want to cook in a way that's three things, no animal products, low in fat, and then where you can for diabetes, low glycemic. But, um, but it, those four main food groups we talked about, all the fruits, vegetables, grains, and legumes, with a little bit of nuts and seeds. And that's, that's pretty much what we eat, how we eat. And uh, it's what helps sustain us these over almost eight and a half years now of being medication-free and in great shape. 
So when people come to you, obviously now you've built a following for yourself um, and you do a lot of free work. I've, I've seen you do um, a cooking classes. Um, I think there's a meeting people can get to. I don't know if you still have them, but I used to get emails about them in the past. And then the farm to table events with watching one of the documentaries and I've been to one of them. What I find is you do a lot of this. What has been the most difficult uh, part of people shifting because our culture is not for a plant-based lifestyle. Our culture promotes completely something different. So what do you feel is the greatest obstacle for most diabetics to shift or what do they walk away saying, oh, I can do this or what, what do you see and how would you advise them? Yeah, so I just, and I think one of the main obstacles is you just said it, and that's our heritage and where we come from and where we, you know, what we grew up eating, right? Again, being Mexican, we ate a bunch of enchiladas and a lot of tacos and a lot of fajitas filled with steak and cheese and, and fried foods. And, and unfortunately, those foods are not healthy for us. So we, we stick to and cling to these idea that I can't see myself not eating those foods because I've been eating them my whole life. You might be 40, 50, 60 years old. Uh, decades upon decades of eating these foods. So that is, you know, you go to the parties. And I remember when I was younger, my mother would make munuelos, which is basically, it's a, a flour tortilla and they fry it in oil and then oh, they wow. cover it in cinnamon and sugar. And it's like an elephant ear, basically. You you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So yeah. Every, every New Year, holidays and parties and stuff, they would make this and they'd make it with hot chocolate, you know, made with cow's milk and and all the, and, and it was fantastic. So you think back to all these memories and all these recipes and grandma would make this great cake and, and that's some of the biggest struggle. But here's what I would say. I'm Mexican. I used to eat those foods. Guess what? I still eat those foods. Yeah. I still eat fajitas. They're just veggie fajitas, right? So there, it's potatoes and it's all the vegetables and the bell peppers and onions and and, you know, it's, it's salsas, it's a little bit of guacamole, it's corn tortillas, so I can have tacos, I can have, you know, fajitas, I can have burritos, right, a bean burrito filled with pico de gallo and jalapenos and salsa, I keep off the cheese and the sour cream, and I still eat those same foods that I enjoyed growing up. And all we've done is just tweak the ingredients to make, you know, to make them vegan and as low fat as possible. So, don't, it, you don't have to stop eating the food you enjoy. Because if you think about it, and this is one of the main things too that we try to tell people, most people, when you think about the steaks and the chicken and the fish that you ate, a lot of it is coming from the rubs and the sauces and the spices That's you're putting true. on top of that steak. It's not the meat. It's not the chicken. It's not the, 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 the cow, uh, cow meat. It's those rubs and the spices. So take those same type of spices and put them on top of vegetables, put them on top of beans, put them on top of potatoes. And you can still enjoy many of those same flavors and same foods with just some, some of the ingredients tweaked a little bit, but don't deprive yourself of those foods that you grew up eating. If you're frying them, maybe you want to find another way to, to, you know, if it's fried food, look for another way, but uh, you don't, I, I still eat fajitas. I still eat burritos. I still eat tacos. So, I still eat pizza, right? So all these foods that I love, I still eat them today. Just we've tweaked some of the ingredients and maybe changed some of the cooking preparation, but I still eat them. I still enjoy the spices and you don't have to give that up either. 
So uh, that would be my advice um, to any of you. Just look to how can I, these, and if you think about it, most of us, we're eating about 15 to 20 meals over and over again. It's a yep, burger yep. and it's a chicken burger. And then it might be, a, you know, a meat burger and then a turkey burger. You're eating the same foods over and over again. So latch on to about 10 to 20 meals that you like, that you can enjoy, that are plant-based or mostly plant-based, and just cycle those into your um, your repertoire. And you can do this. I know that I, a lot of people will I can't do it. It's impossible. I hear that. It's impossible. I can't do it. Yeah. And I tell them, these are stories we tell ourselves. If I can do it, this guy, this football player that used to go and eat tons of meat and tons of animal products and tons of fried food and just all the wrong foods and was getting sicker and sicker as the time went on to now being healthy and losing all the weight and now just enjoying life as opposed to being sick and letting medications run my life. I mean, Anytime we'd go away for a weekend or on vacation, how am I going to keep my insulin cold? Make sure I pack all my pills, you know, all these different four pills in a Monday through, you know, Sunday through Saturday little pill, pill box. I mean, it, it, it runs your life. And it's so liberating to not have medication or chronic disease and illness run your life. And you will be amazed at how good you will feel. And I think, Dr. Chellum, that that's, that's where the, the magic is. A lot of people look for a magic pill to cure some kind of chronic illness. And, and we have to remember these medications all come with side effects, right? Yep. So you take it for one thing and it might end up hurting your liver or your kidneys or something else. It's helping the one condition you're taking it for, but it's hurting over here. So the, the magic the, the magic's going to come in the way of the food, not in the way of a pill. And so if you can learn to eat this way, uh, you might be amazed at, at how amazing our body is and what it can really do. And I get a lot of people, too, from the athlete side. You know, you mentioned earlier yeah. on the athletes that, well, where do you get your protein? That's almost the first question I get from anybody whenever I tell them that we eat a whole food, plant-based lifestyle, right? And I tell them, well, time out. Let's take a step back. Let's look at the gorilla. The gorilla shares the same DNA as a human being to 98.3%. They're almost human from a genetic standpoint. And guess what? Gorillas don't eat meat. <laughs> and they don't drink milk except when they're young from their mother. Where do they get yep. those huge muscles and that huge skeletal structure? Plants. <laughs> Take it one step further and look at the elephant, the giraffe, the rhinoceros, the bull, the stallion, the hippopotamus, the ox. Guess what? They're all yep, vegan. Yep. Those are the largest land animals on this planet. Where are they getting their muscles? Where are they getting those huge skeletal structures? Plants. The same right, place right. I've been getting mine for the last eight and a half years. So protein is not going to be an issue. The legumes, there's, there's just tons of a good amount of protein in many foods. Now, it might not be as much as what's in the meat, many of these plant-based foods, but you don't need as much as you think. When I ask people, well, you know, they're telling me, well, where are you getting your protein? I ask them, well, how much do you need? And they, I usually get like a deer in the headlights, like uh, the, they don't know. They just know they need a lot because that's what is continually marketed, protein, protein, protein. Yep. Unfortunately, you know, unfortunately, too many people are getting way too much protein and it's the wrong kind of protein and ultimately leading to inflammation and insulin resistance and all the chronic, most of the chronic disease that we struggle with today. 
Absolutely. And I think it's very important for people to understand is the medication do not give side effects. They have direct effects. It's just that we're focusing on the most benefit the medicine will give for that particular disease state. But the rest of the effects that you get are direct effects of that particular medication. Uh, for instance, for high blood pressure, you take something like hydrochlorothiazide. Yep, pressure will come down, but you slowly develop gout and then sometimes even uh, high blood sugars over a period of time. Those are direct effects of a particular medication. And what you see for the transformation you've experienced is the direct effect of the right nutrition for the body. And I, I think that's what people need to understand. You want something that gives you all around benefits, not it benefits this, but it doesn't benefit that. So because it doesn't benefit that, we take another medication to suppress that benefit. And that's how this happens. So let me ask you this. Did you ever go back to your doctor and tell him or her what happened? So it was amazing right? because uh, he did tell me initially, you know, hey, you're never going to get off your insulin. That's not going to happen. So I came yep. back to him after adopting this lifestyle. He looked at my blood work and he's like, what did you do? What, what happened? And so I explained to him that we adopted this lifestyle and everything. And he was seeing the changes so quickly. And he said, you are my star pupil, my star patient. He goes, you're, you're great. Keep doing what you're doing. Your blood work is phenomenal. He ended up moving down his practice. He ended up taking another position down south somewhere. So he, he wasn't my doctor for too much longer after I uh, had changed up. But he was really in you know, he was really shocked, I guess, at the results that he had seen right before his eyes, at least in the way of me coming to the office and explaining to him what I did. But, sure. uh, you know, initially he told me, yeah, this, this, uh, you're never going to get off this medication. And it really, it upset me because I'm seeing myself headed down the same trajectory, but just, uh, yeah. and you know, if, I, if the one thing too, so we mentioned diabetes, but this lifestyle, Dr. Chilam, as I know, you know, Chilam, is that it helps everything. <laughs> Not yeah. just diabetes, right? We talk the cholesterol because cholesterol is only found in animal foods. It's yep. not found in the plant-based world, right? And high blood pressure, right? And then the one that, you know, I know I talk a lot about diabetes, but erectile dysfunction. I mean, I was starting to see, I was experiencing that already, having issues. And here I have a beautiful wife and I'm just struggling. And now I'm thinking, do I go have to go get another pill? And what yeah. most people don't understand is when you're clogging down there in, in your private area, you're clogging here too, right? Yeah, the heart. Yeah. Your, your, your penile artery is one of the smallest in the body. And so when, you, when, when men are experiencing that issue, they're clogging here too, and they're clogging here too, and you're carotid, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time. And I, that's why I speak about it openly, because I know guys don't like to talk about it. I didn't want to talk about it. But now that I don't have that issue, I want everybody to know because people will think they're going to go pop a blue pill and life is great. And in reality, they're masking the bigger problem. And that bigger problem is the heart attack and the stroke that are coming. It's just that the coronary and the carotid arteries are much bigger. And so it's just going to take a little longer. But we can't sit here and, uh, and just ignore that fact. And so I try to talk about it openly. And uh, just let as many people know that, look, guys, we don't have to pop that pill. We need to get to the underlying cause of what's causing that so that we can, you know, prohibit other conditions from coming down the road. Yeah, absolutely. I think for most um, important reasons, people need to understand diabetes is something that affects the whole body because it is blood sugar and blood 
gets to every cell in your body. So it becomes really a vascular problem rather than just a metabolic problem. It's both a metabolic and vascular and everything else. So when you talk about it affected each of this, it's just a continuum. This is a system. And I think in every field of life, we look at everything as a system, right? We ask for, why do I have this? What needs to happen? And the whole system changes. Instead, people go to their internist. They go to an endocrinologist. They go to a cardiovascular specialist. They go to um, a urologist. And before you know, you have a stack of specialists and subspecialists, a stack of medications, a stack of diseases. And we assume this is normal. And there's nothing that you can do about it, right? And so for somebody like you, I mean, for you, you, it took you two months. What would you say was the greatest struggle and the greatest joy of this transformation? You know, when I, when I see, when I was seeing the results as quickly as I was, it was not really a struggle for me because I had been struggling for that decade previously, right? So now I changed the foods, my glucose levels are plummeting, my weight is dropping quickly, my energy levels are going up. And I'm like, what is going on? This is fantastic. I mean, it got to the point, I, I lost 50 pounds in three months. But when I would go to work, people would look at me and go, just privately, they pull me to the side and go, hey, you got cancer? What's wrong? Something's wrong with you, right? Because you lost all this weight. There's got to be something wrong, some kind of condition. And I would look them in the eye and say, man, I feel better now than I have in decades. I mean, I feel great. And, you know, explain them a little bit about what I was doing. They're like, they look at me like, what? That's what you did? So most people were thinking that I was sick, that I had some crazy disease that was going to take my life. And then in fact, I was turning it around. So for me, it wasn't really a challenge. It was, it was exciting because I was regaining my health. I was seeing all these positives happen. And oh, by the way, really no negatives. I mean, some people might consider going number two, two or three times a day more of a negative <laughs> because eating all this fiber, you know, I used yeah. to go number two once, you know, once a day, maybe every day and a half. Now, two and three times a day. I mean, yep. I'm eating a bunch of fiber. It's, it's normal. And it's not, it, number one, it doesn't stink as bad. <laughs> number two, it's very easy. It's not like I'm sitting there struggling. You know, yep. before, before I used to go, well, I don't know. Is it going to be really loose? Is it going to be constipated? Is it going to be normal? Never knew. Now, I always know. It's pretty much just normal. You go. It takes me as uh, long to go number two, just about as it takes to go number one. It's a very yeah. quick, seamless process. No issues, no drama. And in fact, many times if I'm at a restaurant or we're in some public location, I'm in the bathroom and I hear the, you know, you can hear these guys going, and they're struggling. And I'm like, man, <laughs> I can help you. <laughs> that used to be me, right? I can help you. But it just does so many wonderful things. So, so if you look at that as maybe a negative, I look at it like, hey, you know, it's, it's easy, it's quick, and it's really the way we're supposed to be going. If you're eating a lot of fiber, that is what we should be doing. So, so really not a lot of negatives. The positives, you know, just I used to spend, we've estimated in this eight and a half years, eight years, we probably have saved $16,000 on medications. You know, you look at my insulin and my four other medications that were constantly renewing, constantly going to the pharmacy, going to the doctor, you know, the co-pays of going to the doctor, you know, every quarter, right? All that has disappeared. I mean, we've given ourselves a raise of approximately $16,000 over these last eight years. So and let's, I want to hold that thought for a second. So $16,000, this is only in co-pays and co-insurance. 
like most people, their medications are covered by insurance. Though right now there's a deductible and most people meet their deductible by March of the year. Like yeah. it may be a $6,000 deductible. They already met their deductible. And they tell me, oh, for the rest of the year, my, all my medications are free. And speak to that part too, because I think it's very important for people to understand nothing is free. You, you're already paying into your premium, right? Yeah. And, and you get to, every time you go to the doctor, you're paying a copay, if not a copay, a deductible, if not a deductible of coinsurance. And you were going like, what, every two months to the doctor before? Mm-hmm. Every quarter, so four times a year, I would go and get my blood glucose checked, right, uh, the levels. And then, of course, if he'd adjust my medications, give me more medications, increase the dosage, et cetera, up until the point where uh, after eight years, I started the insulin. I was on insulin for approximately two years. Wow. So, um, so yeah. you know, just going up. And, and what I'm hearing now is that the prices have done nothing but go up even more. You, as you know, Dr. Chellum, insurance companies are changing their practice and they're shifting more and more of that cost onto the patient. So they're paying more and more. And it's, it's becoming a problem because insulin, from what I understand right now, is very expensive. So, uh, so yeah, th- we gave ourselves a raise. We eliminated all this chronic disease. I acquired my health back. I have tons of energy. I mean, my life and our family's trajectory has just done a 180 compared to where it was eight and a half years ago. And now, you know, I think about, okay, hey, what's it going to be like at 90? What's it going to be, you know, before all I could think about is all the doom and gloom of more insulin and dialysis and amputations and blindness and transplants and heart attacks, which has devastated my entire family. Uh, So now that whole monkey that, you know, think about mental health, right? Mentally thinking about all this devastation headed your way. You know, it's coming because you're on that path and you've seen what it's done to your entire family where now it's just a whole new mindset. I don't even think about that, that whole, you know, the, the, the anxiety and, and the mental health of thinking that that is coming your way. And, and what am I going to go and ask my children for a kidney? I mean, I love my mom, but that's my one, one of my sisters, one of my older sisters, Jill, gave one of her kidneys to my mother. And I'm so glad she did. It gave us five more years with my mother before she passed. But Am I going to be doing that? Am I going to run and ask my children for a kidney? Once You know, all these things going through your mind, the amputations, blindness, transplants. And, and now we don't worry about any of that. Life is great. So that huge pressure, that anxiety, that thinking of what this health is going to do to my family, that whole is gone away. And so we now have time to think about all the good times, all the great things that are happening in my family and enjoying our grandchildren and God willing, our great grandchildren. That's amazing. It's amazing. I mean, this is, this is so amazing because you are coming from a point of a patient. I mean, you're not preaching to people something that you haven't done yourself. It's a journey that you've had. So if, if how much of, uh, how much did exercise play a role in your health? You know, when I, when I first started this journey, having been an athlete most of my life and been around the sports arena most of my life, I know that exercise is good for you. It helps improve health. But when I started this journey, I wanted to make sure that I didn't look back and go, well, it was the exercise. It wasn't because I changed the foods. So I purposely, because I had been in this rut of not working out, when we adopted this lifestyle on a whole food plant-based lifestyle, 
that first two months, I didn't exercise. I mean, you know, just normal work and normal yeah. daily routines, but I was not working out because I had been in this rut of not working out. And I was able to eliminate the medications by doing that. But then knowing that exercise isn't good and important for all of us, I did inject it back into my routine and I saw my glucose levels take another nice little bump and I lost a few more pounds. So while, you know, a lot of people will sit here and, you know, they want it, they're running to the gym every day of the week, two hours and every day I go five days a week, I'm at the gym, I'm at the gym. But many of these people still have hypertension. They still are diabetic. They still yep. have high cholesterol. So this machine it, it's phenomenal and you can look good on the inside, but what's more important is what's happening on the, I'm sorry, you can look good on the outside, but what's yeah, more yeah. important is what's happening on the inside. And if yeah. you're fueling this amazing machine with all the wrong foods, you can exercise all you want because your cholesterol, your blood pressure, your diabetes can still manifest itself in there. I, I see many people who are running the gym, but they still have chronic illness and it's because of the fuel that they're feeding this amazing machine. So we do, but it is important. I, I don't want to, we advocate for people to exercise, get up and walk. You know, if you, if you're having issues with your ankle, there's all kinds of things you can do with your upper body to get your heart heart rate up. Almost everybody can do something to try and get some kind of daily activity into their lives as you know, daily. Absolutely. So if you were to play football today, would you be a better player? <laughs> I would be leaner. I don't know if I'd be an offensive lineman, <laughs> but, uh, but I'd have to, I guess I could be, I just have to eat a lot more calories. Right. Cause you see, that's the other cool thing. I'm so glad you brought that up. There's a new documentary that came out last September of 2019 game, changer. game changers, which I know you've seen it, but professional athletes, right. In the NFL yeah. and in the NBA, all across the weightlifting and Olympics. And they are, performing and excelling on a plant-based lifestyle so and it's interesting more and more are starting to latch on and see this and of course at that at that level they need every little inch every little half inch of benefit that they can get to beat the competition so they're now realizing that a plant-based lifestyle there's less inflammation quicker recovery the endurance time is more i mean all these great things that so many professional athletes are now realizing as well so so yeah it's uh it's an amazing thing, and, and we, uh, I'm just excited. And, and, you know, Kim and I, we're not doctors. We're not uh, nutritionists or dietitians. But what we have done is with our, with our nonprofit, we've been able to help hundreds and hundreds of people, Dr. Chellum, just like you, dramatically improve their health just by simply looking at their foods, making some tweaks, tweaking maybe the way that they're cooking or what they're cooking with, get a little bit of exercise in there. And it's amazing what our, our, our bodies are amazing machines. We just need to treat them right and fuel them with the right fuels. Absolutely. So uh, as we come to the, I mean, this is so much of good information and I think people should listen to this conversation over and over again, because you touched on so many of the same stories people bring to the table, right? It runs in my family. I come from a family of nine diabetics. Um, in fact, um, four of them died from complications of the di mm -hmm. diabetes and the rest of them live with the diabetes, right? And we think of it as genetics. That means you can, you take away the power to believe that I can do something for myself that is different from what my family did. So you spoke into that. And you you spoken spoken into how the shifting actually boosted your energy, 
boosted your quality of life rather than getting you know muddled with how much protein, how much fat, how much carbs, counting carbs, even counting carbs and knowing how much protein instead of getting yourself into all of that confusion, eating real whole food and eating enough to just enough to have that energy and not worry about what it's doing to your body. I mean, you don't have to follow up with your blood sugars because you know exactly what is going to happen. But if somebody is sitting and watching this and has to take that very first step toward progress, towards control of their health, towards actually rebuilding their health, and is very confused, what is the one thing you would tell them to do? So the if there's one thing that I would say is, at least for me and what helped dramatically, uh, was watching, if you're going to watch anything, watch the fat content. We want to keep the fats really, really low. And, and in that, really, it's the animal products and fat. Those are kind of, they're, they're combined because there is a lot of fat yeah. in pretty much all the animal foods. So, yes. so cutting out the animal foods and the fat, those would be the two main things that I would say start with. If you're going to count or look at anything you're doing, look at that first because if you're taking in less fat and you're not eating these, uh, you know, the, all the negative components that come wrapped around the animal foods, your body's going to start to thrive. And of course, you know, eat a lot more uh, fruits and vegetables. <laughs> Absolutely. That's it. That's you. I think that's been the theme of this conversation that I've been having is everybody's asking people to eat more of the phytonutrients, the colorful, um, you know, volume of vegetables, but you just busted the whole ketogenic world right there. Um, <laughs> that whole keto scene drives me nuts, Dr. Chellum. I mean, it, it drives me personally nuts because I know what I know. I know what I've learned over these eight and a half years. And what you've experienced, actually, more than learned, what you've experienced. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just amazing to think that people are going to set aside, you know, carbohydrates. You know, carbs have been villainized, right? When I eat a lot of carbohydrates, I'm eating whole, real food carbohydrates. I'm not talking about donuts, right? Yeah. But but it's the fat. It's like the minute, if, you, if I'm a high-fat, low-carb eater, the minute I eat that banana or whatever, it's going to spike my glucose levels. I'm going to say, oh, I can't eat that. But mm. what, what, it's because they're not eating any carbohydrates. The, we go back to biology 101. What's the primary fuel for the human machine? Carbohydrates. It wants yep. glucose. That's the primary fuel. And, and we, this keto diet, it takes... It, it turns that on its head and says, we're not going to eat hardly any carbohydrates. We're going to keep, keep those glucose levels stable. And it does do that. And the people will lose a lot of weight. Guaranteed. That's going to happen. If you really do this, it, you're going to get some probably pretty good results. The problem is you're loading up with cholesterol and saturated fat and all the things that lead up to heart attacks and strokes, America's number one killer. So you, you look in the mirror and you feel good but you're racing towards the heart attack and stroke to cut your life, cut years off of your life. And that's what really, um, what really bothers me about this whole, this whole keto movement, uh, because in the long term, so many people are going to probably end up, you know, they're sacrificing you know, short term gains yep. for long term health. And that's yep. not a good equation. They're actually sacrificing their long-term health for the short-term gains. That's what I, yeah, I'm yeah. sorry. I'm I know sorry that's backwards. what you meant. Yes, basically, <laughs> yeah. They, the, and I think that's, that's, that's society. That's, again, the culture we live in, right? We want instantaneous results. And some of these diets give you instantaneous results on the externally, but internally something else is happening. So I'm very glad you, uh, you know, you sh show, uh, 
you actually brought that to the forefront because I think people are very confused. But again, the theme of all these conversations is increase your fiber from natural whole food sources. Immediately, your sugar levels actually shift. Your gut microbiome shifts and your whole health shifts. And it's not very difficult once you start this pathway. So if somebody needs some help, what are the sources that or resources that they can go to to get like really quick help that you felt like you were helped by when you first started this journey? Yeah, so, so that, you know, we, Kim and I, I mean, we teach a class. It's an online class. We also, yeah. it's called the Plant Plunge. Kim and I do that personally over what we've learned over these last eight and a half years. Yeah. PCRM has a free uh, app as well. It's called the, the, the 21-Day Vegan Kickstart. That's an app that's out there that can get, gives you the recipes and the information you need. So that's another great tool to help you. If like, I don't know where to start. What do I do? Well, here's a meal plan and it's free and PCRM's providing that for you. So that's another great tool. There are, you know, other resources like Forks Over Knives and Dr. McDougall's website. And, Dot, you know, Dr. McDougall has a, you know, a 10-day little program that you can do there uh, himself that he offers up free just trying to help people. But uh, there are many resources out there, Dr. McDougall, PCRM, of course, Chickpea and Bean, we can help you as well if anyone's interested. And we'll try to, we, we try to just keep it real. We try not to make it, don't overcomplicate this. Yes. It doesn't have to be very complicated. It can be very, very simple, or it can be extremely complicated if you let it. The key is to try to keep it simple. Don't, you know, don't uh, overcomplicate it and uh, we can help you out if you're interested. And so for uh, people to understand, PCRM is the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, correct? Neil Bernard's yep. app. Okay. So um, once again, thank you so much. This, this was actually very useful, mainly because it comes from a patient who actually underwent this journey and how you can really reverse it by understanding, again, connecting with your body, not getting too confused. So take one path. And I think if you really understand, it's really a lot of fiber. Feed your body what it needs to. We don't put water into a car. You know, it's gasoline or it's battery. And our body requires fuel from fiber and carbohydrates. And that's, what, that's how it will flourish in the long run. So thank you so much for bringing all of those. And I really appreciate your time. Thank you. I was honored to, have, to be here. And thank you so much, Dr. Chellum. Thank you for all you're doing too, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I, I, re I really appreciate everything you've done too. Take care.